Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, Monday night, 8pm. The live lounge returns. Myself, Phil Bath, Jack Garwin, Dan Simpson. Two hours, boys, and we have got a lot to cram in. It's been busy, it? has been a bit of quiet week. <laughs> and then it all exploded. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, mental, mental time. But welcome along, everyone, one and all, in the chat room. Hope everyone is good. Uh, we literally just shared some links on social media, so it'd be fab if you could give them a share or a retweet wherever you are on whatever platform you are on. Hope you all had a fabulous weekend, whatever you did. Um, but, boys, plenty to talk about. Where would you like to start? Well, where's where, what's the, where do we, do we go? Do we go biggest news or work up to it? What do you reckon? Now, nah, bollocks. Let's go. Let's, let's go in. I'm just going to drag this up. Um, look, we weren't expecting this, boys, but news did break um, whilst we were getting ready that there is no Masters this year. But before we do that, just a quick hello. Uh, Connor in the chat room. James, how are we doing? Forgot to do it. Uh, Morgan, Owen, how are we doing? Um, ABM, hope you are good. Matthew, Kieran, LS, uh, Carl from Darts Tracker is in. Hope you are good, buddy. Uh, Max, Stephen, Reese is in. Yeah, look, it, when we were getting ready, there was a – forgot I've got a new Mac. Two seconds. Someone's doing well. No, the other one was just dead. <laughs> also, is that a Mervyn King shirt I see, Dan? It, it not only is it a Mervyn King shirt, it was nearly a Matt Edgar shirt, and but it's it, it's just too bright for the stream. Like I worry that the contract, I, I worry it'll play havoc with the contract. Is they're so bright? No, it is Mervyn King. It's because it, there's plenty of room in Mervyn King to move about. It's quite comfortable. Um, not only that, you probably can't see, but it is actually it's it's signed as well somewhere in the back. Um, it's a signed Mervyn King one. Yeah. Doing well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when you know you're doing well, you know, when you can wear your signed shirts. 
Don't you don't need to display them. You just you just just wear them everyday use. Or are you just not allowed to display them? Yeah, I've got like see, since we moved house, there's a lack of sporting memorabilia on the walls, and there's quite a large collection that's currently in my <laughs> garage. <laughs> Poor Glenn Durant, I think, is in the loft now. <laughs> Does has been relegated to the loft and in the <laughs> could um, have been worse. He could have been on eBay. It's so annoying that for once I was actually prepared and then realised the new Mac hadn't didn't have share screening on yet. I literally had everything teed up ready to go on a on a screen. One job. Yeah, all right. Right. Match play draw is tomorrow. Yes. yes. Fourth of July, Independence Day. Exciting. I'm really excited for the match play draw. Dead excited for it. There's just a, there's, there's some big names floating this year, isn't there? In the in the non seeded draw. Yeah. That's, you know, that's exactly what I was just thinking there. I was looking, I so I'm I'm looking there at sort of a graphic with two sides on, seeded players on one side, non-seeded on the other. And there's some potential, absolutely, like, unreal opening matches there, potentially. Um, Right, so here we go, boys. No Masters. Look, we all kind of expected it. But even still, what a huge blow this is for, one, the WDF as an organisation, and two, the players that have, Gone round trying to get ranking points to qualify for this ever since December. Yeah, I mean, look, you and Lee went in on this when they made the previous statement. I said we had to wait until this moment comes. Now I think is the time to say that actually what is going on there isn't good enough. I mean, like you said, there's players that are travelling around. They've already deterred or deferred a world championship for a year. So certain players are already chased for that. Now that there's no second major, if you like, their second biggest tournament on the calendar and the oldest tournament of the lot as well. Um, it's just incredibly disappointed. And at this point, you're looking at going, are the ticket sales that they're telling us are, are out there genuine? Or is that just a ruse to, to try and sell more tickets at the moment? What actually is going on with the WDF? They said they'd give us a statement by the end of last month. It's, it's three days later. I think we can say that's roughly about the timeline they that they promised. So hopefully going forward, there is going to be that little bit more, I don't know, I can't even think what the word is now, um, transparency. But this is a bit of an issue now. Because without these events happening, even on a budget or without certain elements to them, you're starting to wonder how they can build up finances to run them in the style that they have been before. Well, and that I think is the biggest the, the thing that concerns me that me the most about about it about how it's going to move forward is is exactly that in that you know you you, you look at the names that have won that tournament and it, you know just for it to not happen is 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 just in, incredibly sad for the sport of darts because it's a it's a really prestigious title with some huge names when you look back over the years of, of people that have won it so it not taking place in general is 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 a bit of a crime but then. It's it's very very difficult to th see how how without somebody 
and it's going to take you know private investment, somebody coming in and making a conscious effort to really try and lift this when these tournaments are starting to come, come back around again. And 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 is is the appetite there to for somebody to come and throw some money at it or an organization or a sponsor to come in and throw some money at it when I don't know, you know, the seniors is doing really well. There's 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 other darts around at the minute outside of the PDC that, that's that's taking some of that investment, some of that sponsorship, some of you know, so so th those people are already spending their money and, and and invested. I just don't know how it gets back on its on its feet. I don't know what what happens to to trigger a boost. Um, well, you've, you've been around various businesses before, Dan. If you had the finances to have an investment portfolio of this size, is this is this an attractive offer to anybody? Because like you said, there's plenty of other opportunities out there. It's still, we know it is slightly different now, but it is still associated with the BDO days and everything that's fallen since then and all the politics that goes on within that. The venues that they use in IE Lakeside is not what it once was. It doesn't quite have the same appeal. The players that they have access to aren't perhaps of the same standard of yesteryear or certainly not the same caliber of name that, draws a crowd if you do have the chance to invest somewhere at the moment these are bottom of the list aren't they exactly so and i think the only chance it has and, it, and it's and i hate drawing the likeness across because it but i will make it very briefly in that so if you look at the likes of um what tony khan has done in the world of wrestling what he he's come and and took a you know completely worthless you know organization nothing nothing existed no events planned nothing and he's decided to pump a load of money into it because it's a labor of love and he absolutely loves it he loves being involved in it and he wants to be running an organization that he can control and try and steer that that corner of the of of, of the sport and of the business in the way that he wants and that i think is what it's going to take because it it may investing in this from a business point of view makes absolutely no sense at all it makes no sense to invest because there's no way of pulling money back out. Like if you if you invest in this as a, as a businessman or a business person, there's no exit strategy at all. You, it, it's one of two things. It's, it's either a, a labor of love. Someone's got a load of money and they don't mind losing it because they, they, they want to, to do this. Or And that could be a group. It doesn't have to be one particular person. It's a group of people that love it enough to, to not worry about whether they get this money back. Or it's got to be um, attached to an organization who just wants their name out there. So it's got to be attached to whether that's a manufacturer, whether that's a media company, whether that's, you know, whatever business that is. Because again, it's a loss leader. It's it's like pay, it's, it's paying for advertising. That's all it is. There's, there, for me, there's no sustainable business model, especially where it's at now. Because it, it, you're taking it at its... At its it's lowest, you know, it's lowest level. It's lowest level of social engagement. It's furthest away than it's ever been from from its glory days. I just, I really struggle, as, as sad as it is, to see how it resurfaces at any notoriety without someone just carelessly stuffing a load of money into it. I think the other thing to consider is it's not as if the other options out there are completely closed off. Like the PDC are the creme de la creme, right? They are the absolute top dogs. Because who have gone? There are basically opportunities to go and take every single PDC major tournament if you're that desperate to be involved and have that association. So surely you take that because the media coverage is already there. The fan base is already there. The, just the wider viewership that you get from a 
attaching yourself to that rather than going, right, we're going to be the name that throws ourselves at, at the WDF. And then you've got the likes of the Hearns at the top as well, who are renowned. They've got the business acumen. Why would you go and compete against them? Like, it's not the easiest thing to do. And well, and, and that's it. And and, and also, this, let's just be honest. Like, there's you know, present company accepted. There's some other people outside of the PDC doing some very good stuff at the minute. You know, the seniors is is, is brilliant. Like, seniors live events, ace. The 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 model's great. The the super series is is brilliant. All the thing what Modus are doing is brilliant. And again, if you really wanted to be more involved in darts and invest some money, like surely that's where you'd be going first and saying, well, you know, because you've got you got a, you've got a frame and a structure and a platform. You've got you're investing in something that there exists and and that you know it, it, this is nothing but a but a pipe dream. It's like you know it, it's because it's not there anymore. A hundred percent. First of all, before I go do my bit, uh, evening, Pete. Hope you are good. And first of all, congratulations to Mr. Boyce. Uh, got engaged at the weekend. Uh, well done, buddy. Well done, mate. Congratulations. Um, but obviously, look, we we work closely with the seniors. Go. I'm not going to go into numbers, but we know how much it costs to put on a TV event. Yeah, I mean, one of the most frequently responded to posts I get is. Why is it on chat? Why is it on BT Sport? Right? And simply because broadcasters don't want it for the rest of it. Like B BBC want it for the world. Channel 5 wanted their own tournament in Champion of Champions. Why is it on BT Sport? Because they're the broadcaster that are willing to fund it or take it and put it on their channel. Then you look yeah. at sponsorship because they've got certain sponsors out there. Like you can't just magic these things up. So on top of trying to find prize money. Because with the greatest respect in the world, look, there's a lot of good people in the WDF trying their hardest. But as Dan said, there's no commercial arm. There's no commercial director, manager that actually seems to know what they're doing right now. So at the moment, they're trying to find prize money to run the TV event because, let's be fair, broadcasters aren't going to pay a lot for it in its current state, as you said. So unless you find a Roman Abramovich... You are in a world of trouble. The only way that one of them really come around is if they go to every single one of the other organisations and they get shut down. They go, right, we're going to make it our business to go and smash you all up and we're just going to throw money at the WDF. Yeah, well, look, you say about organisations working together. I think it's pretty clear that the ADC and the WDF are a million miles apart from social things that we've seen and things like that. Um, so look, I, I genuinely, it's been dubbed a gap year or, or whatever you want to call it, but I, I'm genuinely fearful now that this is the beginning of the end. The count date of doomsday is on. Yeah, I tend, I tend to agree. I, I just, because I don't see, I like just, at the minute, I, I, you know, if the next big event, let's say, you know, the next big tournament that they run. It's and again, you know, without knowing the ins and outs and the finer detail of it, it's incredibly difficult to see how how that can run and what format it would run and how running the event itself wouldn't be just the nail in the coffin and and, and push them under. Um, again, you know, there might be someone out there that wants to throw some money at it or someone that's got like some real commercial sense and understands you know understands things in great detail or further more detail than I do. Who can come up with a business plan for it? But if they are, then 
send him my way. I'd like to work with him. But coupled with this, but Lakeside, the, the ticket news is being broadcast as very good. So we'll, we'll take them at their word and and go with it that, yes, ticket sales are very, very good. However, we still have no information that, that it might be there, but they just haven't, again, told it. But I was speaking to a couple of players over the weekend that they certainly haven't been told either. Players don't know, one, what they're playing for, and two, is there a TV deal, which is one of the second-asked questions, boys, isn't it, that what channel is Lakeside going to be on? There's no information around this. So with this and the lack of information on that, as a player, could you trust the organisation right now? Well, you, you, you can't. And like I said, there's, there's other solid opportunities for players to go and play, you know that there are there's all sorts of areas in that people that players can commit to at the minute um, that are more stable, more secure. You know, most of these guys this isn't this isn't their full time job, so they're having to fit stuff in, and you know they can't play every tournament. And you know they're having to take specific time off work for specific things, and you know and, and and slot it in where it fits. And I think there's too many other opportunities that are more viable. Um, more realistic, more concrete, and, and they offer a bit more stability for, for players. Well, on that stability, we'll, we'll, roll, we'll roll with it and go into it here. But the ADC had another fabulous weekend. I get, yes, that there's no flagship event yet. We know that. But what they're doing for floor events and sustainability for players at that level, again, another huge plus this weekend. The, the, the tour in Middlesbrough looked good. Um, everything on social media was positive. That the, the foundations are really being set here by the ADC, whilst the WDF are almost trying to go from the top down, where the ADC are going the other way, making sure the foundations are there and going up. To cracking venue that in Middlesbrough, you know, it's 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 ten minutes from from me, ten minutes from my house, and it's a um, it's a really really good venue. I was dead pleased when I when I saw that that's where it where they were holding it. But just what I saw of. Of the setup there, the players they had, like it, it, it looked like a, a really, really good, good event. And and like you say, the the more you know, they're they're cooking on gas a little bit at the minute, and they're you know they're they're sort of staying in their own lane to a, to a degree, which is great. And but things are looking very positive, certainly when you see the you know photos, footage, and and, and feedback from events like that. Excuse me. Um. Yeah, hundred percent. But also, God, we saw a. Quite a public little spat between uh, Jeff Smith and Richard Ashdown on on Facebook about again sanctioning fees and and everything like that. And we've seen was it the Northern Ireland the two big tournaments in Northern Ireland cancelled due to, to to costs. It's just not been a good weekend, has it? No, not really. There's questions over how much involvement Ashdown has at the moment, isn't there? But um, the thing is. Given that spot, it's like, oh, the fees are oh, no, no, they've been kept down. If that's what the organisations are saying, even if the levy has only increased a very, very small amount, the margins on these sort of tournaments for years have always been incredibly narrow, and people have run it out of labours of love, even into even national finals and whatever. These organisations aren't making a shed load of money. They're they're very close to break even an awful lot of the time. So and that, that that increase way. might just be enough to tip them over. And that's yeah. that is the lack of an or you know, the, the lack of 
a, a broad-reaching, overarching structure that's that's you know that a, a plan where it's all linked together and it's done in a consultative way and people understand where things are going and what's happening going forward and it, it's not it's not in place, is it? At the minute, the the, the model's just not not there. No, and look, one thing I've seen thrown around a lot tonight and over the weekend in, in different guises is it's the BDO reincarnated, the BDO with the paint job, X, Y, and Z, and, and that's genuinely how it feels right now. It, it's sad because I think there was a there was a period of time, and it wasn't a particularly long period of time, but and, and I appreciate the world's gone a bit mad and we had COVID and we had various other things going on. But I do think that there was there was a period of time in which that organization had an opportunity to to leave behind the the negatives that you know of, of the BDO towards the end, but but pick up some of those um, you know some of those tournaments and some of the history and 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 use that as a as a platform. Um, and I think I just think that opportunity is isn't there anymore. There, there was a there was a real chance for a while that that that, that could have been kept up with and pushed along, and I just don't think it's recoverable now. Um, yeah, of course. Someone's asked, can we read the statement? Um, yeah, we will read it. I won't read the bit, but um, it's got uh, Nick Rolls, General Secretary of WDF. It's huge disappointment that we haven't been able to get anything signed off to make the World Masters a reality in 2023 because we all know how much all of our players enjoyed it last year. Following an enforced absence through the pandemic, our priority in 2022 was to make sure the World Championship and the World Masters ran as advertised. However, in order for us to continue delivering tournaments befitting of the heritage, um, we had to adopt a more strategic, long-term um, planning. One-year deals are all well and good, but now uh, when they end, the uncertainty returns for the following year. To give our players the clarity they deserve, uh, we, needed some, we need to make sure that we had a multi-year deal in place for venues, dates and sponsors. Doing this means our players know what they are playing for and our member nations know what the ranking events they are putting on are building towards. We've done that with Lakeside in the World Championship by moving it to December and next step is doing that with the Masters. Let me scroll down a minute. We also want to improve the communication with players. That meant uh, setting firm decisions and deadlines and not just giving in a um, world where we're comfortable communicating, kicking the can down the road. To end, uh, we've informed people in May of our progress and oh, sorry, scrolling down here, um, by doing so, keeping ourselves accountable as those commercial conversations continue see i know what all of those words mean individually but when they're put together in that order they mean absolutely nothing like it's just it, it's it's the longest way through of making no point at all i've ever i've ever heard it's it's bizarre so that 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 was the the wording um Right, off of that, um, we'll, we'll stay on the, the amateur side of the game. 
Um, we touched on the ADC. Lisa Ashton had a, a very good weekend again with the ADC. But boys, there's, there was a question here which we'll, we'll come on to as well because we had the national UKDA finals gob. I'm not going to lie, I didn't see any of it. I know that Jim Williams won the men's, which was goes hand in hand with this that he pulled out of the Euro Tour injured. And, yeah, and then turns up and plays there. That's not a good look for him, is it? No, not at all. I think now is the time Jim Williams needs to seriously consider his usage of that PDC tour card. Look, we know he wasn't desperately set on taking it in the first place when he finished in the top two on the challenge tour and was debating going to play at Lakeside instead of. Alexandra Palace, but clearly has issues in balance in both of that and his aspirations to be a professional dart player within the PDC. And if the thing I don't get is why for things like Euro Tours, you don't have to put yourself in this position. Just don't go to the bloody qualifier. Yeah. That's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me at all, is, is going to the qualifiers, qualifying and just going, no, I then playing in a different event. To, to be fair, I haven't even got much of an issue with if you go to the qualifier and then don't play, but it just seems that it's a blatant lie. If you've pulled out injured and then go and play in that, with the coverage darts gets in the UK, you're not going to get away with it. And and you can't these days anyway either. Like no, you can't fart without the world knowing about it. These like it, like you know, it, it, of course, if he goes to something like that, people are going to take selfies with him. People are going to want to just generally take a photograph of him. People are probably into darts enough to know he's not meant to be there. He's pulled out of something else. Like it, it's it's naive, you know, to put it mildly. Yeah, well, that, that's how we first saw it. That someone had a selfie with him and put it on Facebook. Yeah, that 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 was on the Saturday. But I'm not going to lie because obviously there was so much going on. It was I was keeping an eye on it, but I wasn't looking at who was playing. And the first thing I saw was Jim Williams. Oh, I just had a selfie with Jim Williams on Facebook, and it's like, come on now. Um, yeah, odd. And look, I think it's fair to say he may get a fine for that. You'd expect so. Depends how late he pulled out, doesn't it? You know, if you've pulled out, if you told them you've pulled out injured, and then you've got them played in another event. See, I'd like to think that I'd be able to talk my way out of that one, be- with the event being in Europe, and I, because I'd, I'd have all sorts of excuses about where I was staying and how I was travelling, how many hours I'd need to do this and get on a plane and the pre- and, and this. Uh, like, I'd have, I, I'd, I'd feel fairly confident I could talk my way out of that. And I'd, and, I, and I'd have gone to that event just to sort of, as part of my recovery process, and I'd got a lift there and I didn't drive and I did, like, I, I don't know, but I, I'd like to think I could talk my way out of that one. Yeah, I mean, if, if it goes wrong, you haven't spent anywhere near as much on travel or expenses or anything like that, have you? It's like, I'm working my way back in. I don't want to play with this injury in front of a crowd or on TV. This uh, that, Yeah, that, that that's it. I mean, if he wants to get in touch, I'm happy to represent him in, in his... Uh, in his negotiations over how much he'll pay. Dan Simpson QC. Yeah. He's right. got enough bloody letters after his name. You don't need them to <laughs> <laughs> another, another, another string of the bow. Um, I, 
Yeah, I agree, James. This one's interesting from Leo. Is it possible to give a tour card back mid-season? I would yeah. guess so. People have given back at the end of the year, but I don't see a re. I don't know what they do with it if they give it back mid-season. Nothing. Because you can't reallocate it. There'll be an extra one later on. Yeah, yeah. They'll buy the Challenge Tour top player who basically knows they're in everything unless a Challenge Tour player wins a Pro Tour event. Yeah. So, yeah, you you could give it back mid-season, but it couldn't be reallocated until the beginning of next season. Essentially, it would mean nothing. Nothing would change. You know, it'd just carry on as if you... You would just stop turning up to tournaments. That's it, innit? Yeah. And I tell you what, we've timed it to absolute perfection... Because as if by magic, we know what we're doing in our timings. We are joined by the one and only, Mr. Jean Van Veen. How you doing, Good buddy? Evening. Good evening. I'm well. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we've got you loud and clear, mate. Loud Perfect. and clear. Perfect. First of all, what a weekend for yourself. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a good weekend. I really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, as you said, what a weekend, yeah. Look, I have to ask you, first of all, as the games went on and they ticked by... Was that match play at the back of your mind? Well, I would be lying if I said it wasn't. Yeah, of course it was. Um, <laughs> I knew before the weekend you, you have to win the whole Euro Tour to make it to the match play. And um, it would be tough. But as you say, when the matches went on and the first round win, second round win, third round win, of course it was in my mind. Um, but yeah, it didn't work out at the end, but uh, still very happy. Yeah, look, the way you've taken to, to PDC Life, we saw glimpses of this at the Super Series but the way you've taken to, to PDC life you must be delighted with the way the first six months have gone yeah for sure you know especially with my games with my with my averages my averages are up there this year uh, on the pro tour too much first round losses for my liking but um, yeah no really happy with my game develop how it developed this year and how it is developing because I think it's going better week in week out and um yeah, as you said, I, I, I showed glimpses of it last year on the Super Series. But, um, yeah, really happy that it's all working now out on the Pro Tour. Is that the key thing for you, though? Because you said you're showing glimpses and you're showing more and more as you're going on. You're not even a quarter... You're only just a quarter of the way into your two-year cycle. You're adapting to being in that environment. You haven't had the full cycle of May just to go and qualify for yet. Let's... With what two of eight have been so far this year or qualification for us, still plenty of time for that. Is that just the key of settling yourself in, accumulating as much as you can this year, and then targeting those big TV events next year? Yeah, I think so. You know, now the world match play for only getting a half year to qualify for that is a, is a big task. Um, so that wasn't really on my radar for the first year, but the Grand Prix has got a couple more months, and maybe I can get into that. Who knows? And um, but for next year, yeah, that's that's the main goal. Well, not the main goal. The main goal is to get into the top sixty-four. But you know, uh, world match play. Who knows? When I first spoke to you about going to to Q School, you were unsure whether you were one ready and two wanted to. Because I remember speaking to you, it was so important that you wanted to finish your your education and and everything like that. So, how has the transition gone from your education to being a full time pro? It's tough. It's tough to to manage my, to manage my own schedule. You know, with with college, I'm in the final weeks now. Um, I'm in my internship five days a week, and then Friday I leave at my internship at, at six, and then most likely get a flight at eight or nine p.m. to the UK for the Pro Tours. 
And then when I get back on Monday evening or, or Tuesday morning, I go straight back to my internship. So it's it's been a hectic couple of months, but um, when the results are there on the Pro Tour, it's all worth it. So you don't hear me complaining. I like that. like that a lot. Um, the Dev Tour, you sat top of, of the rankings. I know this is a very contentious one, but if you finish top, that'll get you into the Grand Slam as well through, through that, that backdoor element. Yeah, I know. Hopefully, <laughs> it would be massive, you know, for the for the main ranking for the top sixty four. It would be uh, massive to get into the Grand Slam. Yeah, look, um, we've got some questions for you as well in here. Uh, James Jamie's asked, um, do you think your throw's got smoother than last year? Because it looks it. Yes, for sure. You know, it's last year on the uh, on the Super Series back in Southampton, I really struggled with Dartitis. I think everyone who was watching could see it. And um, it, it it's gone now. Well, not wood, but uh, no, it's it's gone for now, and I'm not struggling anymore whatsoever. So um, yeah, it's gone way smoother. Where does the stacker dart come from for, for you? Because it's a very unique technique. There's only obviously Phil did it to the standard that he did it to, but since then, there's only one or two that have, have ever mastered it. But it's something that you seem really comfortable with. Well. I never used to stack my darts. When I was like 16, maybe 17, I thought uh, when I was practicing, when my darts just stood in the normal way, it, 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 they went on okay. But when I started the match, I felt nervous. I was snatching. I was pulling the darts low every time. And I saw myself switching like 20, 19, 18, 57, 93s. And um, then I was looking at Rusty Jake and I saw he changed his throw like from the normal angle of attack to stacking. And I was like, if he can do it, why shouldn't I give it a go? And uh, yeah, I never looked back. I like that. That's, that, that's good. It's, it's an interesting dynamic because it is so unique to, to just a, a few players, which is which is great. Again, looking at darts in the Netherlands in general, it seems in a really good place right now. And you just seem to be like the next one off the conveyor belt. The youngsters just keep coming through. What is it about darts in Holland that brings you guys through? Ooh, I don't know. It's tough. You know, of course, you got the the, the likes of Raymond van Barneveld and Michael van Gerwen, who, who, well, Raymond at the start and, and Michael a couple of years ago and, and now still, of course, winning titles and and uh, putting darts in Holland on, on, on the map and a lot of local tournaments and the Dutch ranking. It's, it's full of Dutch talent and now with the men as well. And I don't know what it is exactly, but um, yeah, as you said, a lot of good players come from Holland now as well with the, uh, lots of Dutch talents on the, on the youth, on the development tour. A um, couple of talents got a tour got as well this year. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's very good. Yeah. We hear a lot about the, um, the Dutch, the Dutch super league. Some of the teams that all play together are just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you said, the, the Dutch Super League, it, it, it's not the same as in the UK, the Super League here, but the, the main league in the Super League has got ridiculous teams, as you say, you know, uh, like the likes of Jeffrey Deswan and, and, and Ryan De Frido, who, of course, played on the Motor Super Series on the same team. And then you got other teams with, uh, I don't know, top of my head, like Wesley plays here, Danny Van Trite, Damian Moll, uh, got the same team as well. And, it is. It, it's 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 a good it's a good competition as well next to the PDC to get some match practice and really good competition. 
just a look on Dan's face there. You'd be gutted if that turned up in your pub for your Super League team, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I'd be, I'd be heartbroken because I knew I didn't have a chance at winning a leg, but at least I could get my shirt signed while I was there. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, the way everything's going, you're on course to be at Alexandra Palace uh, as well. How much does that excite you? Very much so. You know, it's that's the main dream to to get to Ali Pali, and um, to do it in your first year as, as a pro is 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 something you dream about. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm in good cause, as you said, and I would be devastated if I miss it this year because on the pro tour it's looking really good, on the development tour it's looking really good. So I got multiple ways of getting into Ali Pali. So um, yeah, hopefully I'll make it. Should make it. You, you should make it. Obviously, yeah. Josh Rock did wonderful things last year. Do you young guys take inspiration from what he did in his debut year, thinking if he's done it, we can do it? Yeah, very much so. Especially with Josh, as you said last year. Uh, when he went to Q school, I never heard of him. Uh, I think a lot of guys didn't. So, um, and what he's done in the first year in the first world championship, making the quarterfinals. Yeah. Why not? Who knows what, what could happen over there? And um, yeah, take a lot of inspiration. Josh is a great guy and, and a great dart player. So yeah, someone or something I look up to, like that's what I want to do as well in my first year. I like that. I like that a lot. Just, there are worse people to try and emulate in your first year, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the way it's, it's, it's all going is once your education is done, are you going to turn full-time pro or are you going to continue to follow what you were studying as a career as well? Um, well, I'm, I'm taking on a part-time job for 24 hours a week just to keep the routine, just not live about darts. Uh, I like darts, but I don't want my life to just be darts for 24 seven. Um, so I uh, just, I, I'll take a job who knows about the darts so that I don't have to miss any tournaments for work. But, um, you know, when I got two weeks off that I don't be at home for two weeks doing nothing and I, I want something to do next to the darts. So, um, but the main, the main job or the main task for me and the main aim is, is to be a dart player. Yeah, I'll completely. Just looking at the top of the development tour, order of merit, obviously your top, then Luke Littler, Luke Littler, Wesson Iman, Bradley Brooks, Jared Cole, um, and Jurgen Vanderbilt. What a what a top six that is. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got some good players, and the the, the, the competition on the development tour is tough. You know, especially in the best of seven with an open draw, you can draw whoever in the first couple of rounds, and um, yeah, it's tough. But uh, yeah, very happy to be on top for now. And obviously. The World Youth Championship in November as well. Is that something that you've, you've got your eye on? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I, I talked on the Euro Tour with Josh last weekend and um, I said, hopefully I'll see you in the final because, you know, he can't play in the development tour now because he's top 32, but he will be there in the Youth World Championship. Um, hopefully the draw works out that we meet each other, can meet each other in the final and uh, that would be the dream final for me. Yeah, Um <clears throat> Lee asks, he's on about the Dutch Open. What, what's your best run at the Dutch Open? I made the quarterfinal uh, like two years ago, one and a half years ago. Maybe lot. I think it was last year because it was COVID it was postponed to June. But uh, yeah, I made the quarterfinal in the men's tournament last year. Um, I feel like I should have got more out of it. But, you know, as you said, with I can see more than 5,000 entries uh, to make the quarters is, uh, is really cool. Oh, it's just a mental tournament, isn't it? 
Yeah, for sure. Especially the first day on the Saturday, you have to make the last 64 to qualify for the Sunday. So you have to play like five or six games, all best of five. And uh, you never know who you can play because most Dutch people, I don't even know. And then they turn up and they start 140, 140. It's like, ooh, what's this? <laughs> so that's scary, especially in the best of five. But it's a, it's a good tournament. What, Julian, what did you think of Damon's walk-on? Did it motivate you? <laughs> <laughs> I asked him in the practice room. I was like, what are you going to do today? And he showed me what he was doing. And, um, yeah, it's fun, you know, it, the element that he added to his game uh, to get the crowd going. Uh, I think it's it's something you need in the, in the sport and it's good for the sport. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, LS asks, how much do you practice having such a busy schedule? Not as a, as enough as I would want. Um, I got, well, I said I'm a college on my internship from eight to five during the day. Oh, a fly. Five days a week and then... Um, well, I, I maybe get one, one and a half hours in the evening when I feel motivated, but I don't do that every day, unfortunately. But uh, I think when college finished and uh, with a part-time job, I'll practice some more, um, maybe two, two and a half hours a day. What was it like as well when Red Dragon signed you up? Because obviously a well-established manufacturer, so, so young in your career, that must be a real confidence booster as well. And how much tinkering with the darts did you do with Lee down there? Well, not as much as I, uh, as you would think, because um, well, of course, when they they asked me to be on their team when I was, I think it was thirteen, thirteen years old, twelve years old, it was massive confidence boost, as you say. But um, about the darts, I was playing with Rob Cross darts, uh, even when I was with Red Dragon, but and they knew about it. And they were like, yeah, just do whatever you want. You play with what you want to play with, what you feel most comfortable with. But when I went down there. Um, yeah, I just said to them, I want kind of the same dot, just a little bit more grip on the front. And then they had like one or two prototypes. And then the second one, it was like, yeah, that's it. And the first tournament I played with it, I got it on Monday. And then the first tournament I played with it was that Friday, the same week. And it was the Proto. And I made the final of that Proto. So I said to them, yeah, I'm not changing anymore. It's good. Lee's a wizard down there, isn't he? He's up yeah, he is. <laughs> what was it like last year playing on the Pro Tour as a as a topping? And did that give you a good guide to what it was going to be like this year? Yeah, yeah. As a topping, you you don't feel that necessity to prove yourself. Well, of course you want to prove yourself, but you're just an add-on, and um, it does really count for the main ranking. So it's good experience. And as you said, for this year, I knew what to expect when I got my tour card. I knew what it was like to play those guys week in week out, and um, it was a re really helpful to get that uh, experience last year. Leo asks, who would your dream opponent be at Ali Pali? Ooh. What, first round? Or... You pick whoever you want to play, Ali Pali, who would you play? Someone easy. I was going to say, pick, pick me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I tell you what, I'm all on board for that because people can't like to play him. No, you wouldn't. You want to play no. someone... More yeah. money. <laughs> I want to win. So, yeah, it's someone easy. It's the main answer. <laughs> um, Tommy says, who's your best mate in darts? Ooh, I'm going to step on some toes now. Um, <laughs> I think on the tour, I think it's Owen Rulos. I really get along with him. I've been to the Super Series with him once as well. Um, get along with him outside of darts and uh, on the development tour. And on, I think on the Pro Tour, he is my... Best mate, yeah. 
obviously you said about like like traveling and everything like that. Look, a lot of the tour is in the UK. But do you think that we'll see a time where it is more of a 50-50 split and we see more in continental Europe? Yeah, I think so. I think it should be because now, as you said, we have to travel to the UK almost every time. And I, I don't mind it, but you see the same players when the, when a pro tour is in Germany. A lot of English guys is like, no, I don't want to travel. Or with the Euro tour, they don't feel like traveling, um, which... I don't think, yeah, we have to travel every time. You know, if it's to Germany or England, we have to travel. And I think, yeah, maybe some people are lazy in that or they just don't want it. And most of them don't even need to go to Germany because they got those ranking money and they don't really need it. But um, I think it should be more split, yeah. This means, how is Ronnie Rickner's game right now? Ooh, it's a tough one. I, I speak to Ronnie quite a bit, but not really about his start. So, that, so I don't really know at the moment. She's not that good for me is my manager or managing partner uh, for my management. So um, I know him quite well, but I don't really know what where his <laughs> game is at the moment. So far in your young, in your young career, what's the best venue you've played in? Please don't say Barnsley Metrodome. Let me think. Um, not Wigan. Wigan's even worse than Barnes. Yeah, for sure. I played in the, when I was young, I played in the Dutch Open, like on the 14s in the final. That was cool in front of a 2,000 people crowd um, when I was 13 years old. But uh, yeah, I didn't play in the in the big sta- in the big venues yet. So um, yeah, I don't know really. It's a tough Taking one. Them off. They'll, they'll soon be coming around. Yeah, like hopefully, that. hopefully Ali Pelly at the end of the year. This is, this is a very obviously Ali Pali is, is special because it's the world, but if you could only play at one, Ali Pali or the Winter Gardens, which one? Winter Gardens. Yes. Big fan of that answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, venue wise, not tournament wise, because yeah, of yeah, course, but it wise, it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's Gardens. just something, something about it, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. On tour life, what, what what's tour life like? Because people, obviously, I travel. As, as well, like like you guys do. And people think it's like this glamorous thing, but how do you find tour life? Because if you lose in a tournament early, you're back to your hotel and kicking your heels. So how, how do you adjust to that, that tour life element? Um, I think I'm coping with it quite well. Um, when I started playing in the development tour, of course you got two tournaments a day, but when I really started, I was almost losing first or second round every time. So I was used to getting back to the hotel early. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> No, not, not on the pro tour, you know, with one tournament a day and, and when you lose first or second round, it's it's tough. But um, I got some good friends who, uh, I shouldn't be saying this, but who lose quite early sometimes as well. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's good company and um, we get along quite well. And, uh, like a little, have you got a little club of people that go out early on the regular? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't tell them. But I said it. But, uh, no, no, it, it's tough. But especially now with college, I, I can do some things for school while I'm away as well. So that's doing okay. And um, yeah, it's not boring, never. I, I, I like that. Before I let you go, what would a successful year for Jean Van Veen be? If we sit here come January the 3rd, what, what would a good year for you be? Well, beforehand, I would have said, to make the player championship finals and the world, but I think I will change it now. I, th- I think, um, well, qualifying for the worlds and the player championships, of course. But I think I, I really want to be in the Grand Slam when I'm 
uh, first on the development tour and I really wanted to be in that. And I just sneaked into the provisional spots for the European Championship as well this weekend. Uh, so we've still got three more qualifications for the Euro Tour to go. I think I want to qualify for at least two of them to hopefully get into the European Championship. And um, But January, January 3rd, maybe win one or two games at Ali Pali and to make the Grand Slam and the Player Championship Finals, then it will be a successful year. Amazing. Jean, thank you very, very much for coming no on. No problem. It's been massively insightful to have you on. And I like that different insight that, that you guys have from, from Europe compared to some of the younger players in the UK, shall we say, mate. So, mate, massively appreciate it. Thank you very much for coming on and good luck for the rest of the year, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Pleasure, yeah, buddy. Mate. See you later. Jean Van Veen, everyone. I tell you what, boys, I love that attitude. Well, thoroughly good chap. Yeah, he's, I tell you what, he's he's it's dead refreshing because we've had like so the last few of these shows that I've been on, like I, I've I'm, it genuinely fills me full of full of hope. Like the conversation we had with Connor Scott when he was on, that obviously that conversation there, it's it's really promising, isn't it? Just the the not just the darts talent, like the darts talent's amazing. Like the the fact that these guys play amazing darts is 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 ultimately the most important thing. But they are all like. Bright, intelligent, half sort of head switched on with a plan, like not particularly naive. And it, it, I just think it bodes very, very well for the sport. There, It's full of, you know, switched on young people that are doing things in the right way. You know, after things like finishing college and doing this and doing, you know, I just think it's, yeah, I mean, his darts game is amazing, but we could talk about that all day long. I just think it's it's really refreshing some of the guys that are coming through at the minute and, and what their approach is and what their attitude is. It's, it can only be a good thing for the sport, can't it? Yeah, right. Before he came on, we were just talking about, obviously, the um, UKDA um, finals. The last one, but I didn't know this until Gob said it when we were chatting pre-show. The women's result has been suspended, Gob. I believe so. In the okay. not in the singles, the singles, the pairs, and that are all done. So we had winners in. Just got to find them out. So the men's singles was won by Jim Williams, beat Cameron Anderson in the final six three. Uh, Richie House and Lee Evans making the semi-finals. The women's singles won by Joe Locke against Angela Kirkwood, Maria O'Brien, Lisa Withers in the semi-finalists. The men's pairs won by Thomas Lovely and Lloyd Pennell, uh, Tom Allies and Mark Dewsbury. The runners up. Uh, Noel Grant, Sam Price, and <laughs> there was a pair this weekend that made the semi-final that were Taylor and Bristow. That would have had a few people crafting themselves. <laughs> John Taylor and Jimmy Bristow, and uh, they made the semi-finals of the men's pairs. Uh, successful weekend for Joe Locke, who also won the women's pairs with Nadine Leathers, uh, Sarah Brown, Maria O'Brien, semi uh, runners-up, Angela Kirkwood, uh, Amory Owen, Hannah Meek, Courtney Hine, the... Uh, players in that one. Uh, the UDUK ran a warm-up event on a Friday night, um, basically current students and former students up to a certain point that played university darts were allowed to attend. Um, didn't qualify for a Euro tour, so Adam Warner went and picked up some nice little cash against everybody. Oh, he was head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, but I believe in the Super League finals and the UKDA national finals, um, the men's tournament was won by Welling B. They beat Chepstow Football Club 5-2 in the final. The women's event, Tams Bar beat Codna 3-2. Now, what I believe has happened, as has been the case for a number of years, um, 
is that basically Super League teams play together all season. And then when one team qualifies as top or win the Super League, they basically just go pinching players from other teams to make their finals team stronger. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> For years, I'm absolutely convinced of it, uh, uh, both men's and women's, that or you just sign players on in the hope that your regular season team is strong enough so that when you do go to finals, they rock up. You sign tour card holders on and go, right, they're not playing that weekend. They can come and play in my Super League finals team at the, in the finals weekend. Well, there's, there's no restrictions. Some Super Leagues don't have a deadline for transfer of players because they're all internally managed differently. Some don't have a restriction on number of games you have to play to be eligible to go and play. Now, what it turns out is that I believe the team, the women's team that have won the event, Tams Bar, have played an ineligible player, or there's certainly an investigation going on towards that right now. Yeah. Was it Jim Williams? <laughs> Jim Williams. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I just think that's insane. I mean, like the the local tin pot, like you know, fifty pence in, five are out pool league that's around near me. Like they they have a rule where. Like, if you're playing the cup when you get to the final, like, any player that plays in the final must have played over a certain number of league games through the year. Like, that's, like, that's what's, that's a, that's a rule that's in, like, like, local junior sport. I can't understand how that isn't an established rule. That's bonkers. It's hilarious, though, isn't it? Well, it is. It's just been a case of how often have they actually acted upon it. And obviously, this is a different organisation other than the BDO at the top. So, genius, absolute genius. Um, uh, Jamie, we touched on that earlier on. Uh, the other science is we don't know, mate. Um, it's not a good look, but we don't know, and it's an interesting one, guys. Do you think it's worth me playing to Q School next year? I'm averaging close to 100 consistently in matches, but barely any tournament experience. Uh, my advice would be. Go and play in some tournaments, some ADC events, um, some local events, and see if you can replicate it. If you can replicate that, then 100% I'd go. If I was averaging 100 regularly, I'd be banging on the door of getting on the, to, for the Super Series. I'd be just tweeting every day. You wouldn't. Same, cause I'd, block, I, I'd block you if that was the case, because I've got access to that account. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Right, so from there, we are going to go to the Euro Tour because it was the race for the World Match Play. And everything was on the line, gentlemen, as we went to Trier. But first of all, because it is the very first game, we cannot not talk about it, don't get me wrong, this had absolutely no reference to do with the match play whatsoever. But it's a game that will be spoken about long into the history books, but for all the wrong reasons, because it was fucking shit, boring and slow. 50, was it 51 minutes for eight legs of darts? Give yeah, me strength. It's embarrassing, isn't it? Like just poor, really poor. Yeah. Tough. It was just a tough viewing, wasn't it? It was It was just not a good look for the players, for the sport. I think the commentary team actually handled it pretty well, the bits that I tuned into, because I had no choice but to just keep turning it off. Um, 
the standard of the match certainly didn't help, but you do wonder if the standard is dragged down by how long it played in. It's, it's not the first time Liam Mendelange has been involved in a game like this this season, though. He absolutely made Robert Owen forget where he was at one point in one of their games earlier on in the season. Um, I think Barney handled him pretty well, but there have been other instances like this involving him. And again, it just comes down to the fact that the slow players have absolutely all of the control over how long a match takes. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall at Barry's office whilst that was going on. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It... It's everything. It's everything that Barry and and the team at the PDC don't want darts to be, isn't it? Like that's why. It, it like that's that's the top and bottom of it. Um, it's yeah, just crap. Yeah. Um, how we doing, Patrick? Um, be a long session when he plays at Lakeside. Yeah, Boise's going that day. <laughs> not letting any of us in. Um, no, probably not. To be fair, <laughs> um, but obviously. All eyes were on the Euro Tour. And on day one, there was a lot of casualties for that match play going early, boys. Simon Whitlock in particular. Um, Matt Campbell had an outside chance. William O'Connor. Kim Hybrecht's losing on day one must have been sweating for those 48 hours. Well, he was in the jump seat, wasn't he? He was, he was the man on the bottom spot. He was the man at risk. And... You know, one victory would have just made him sleep slightly better, but yeah, couldn't couldn't quite step up when it mattered. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just mad. Um, but Barney winning sealed his return, which was which was good. But let's talk about Luke Hump. No, that's in it. Gob, I'm going to let you talk about James Wade because I've got someone just coming to my door. So I'm just going to pop off the stream so I'll answer the door a second. You can talk about James Wade for a couple of minutes. Yes! Look at that freedom! Where's it gone? I actually wrote down some notes on James Wade's performances because actually there was a genuine talk between us for a while that he might be in trouble here, not just in terms of his world ranking, but actually that Ross Smith might overtake him. Um in terms of finishing in 16th. That hasn't happened. Where has it gone? James the, Wade. Game, the game against Johnny Clayton was unbelievable. Like Johnny Clayton averaged 106 and Wade managed to get 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 past him. Um like he played he didn't have a he didn't have a remotely favorable draw either. You know, he had a good run, but you know, William O'Connor, then Johnny Clayton, followed by Rob Cross. Like, then, obviously, our previous guest. Like, he, he just didn't... He, he stepped up, didn't he? He did. I mean, I've got his averages in front of me uh, this weekend. Uh, it beat William O'Connor 6-1, averaging 101.56. Then he beat Johnny Clayton 6-3, averaging 107.37. Then it was Rob Cross, 6-2, 97.29. The worst of this weekend. Oh, no, it wasn't, sorry. Uh, beat Van Veen, 96, at uh, 6-3 of a 96.96. And then he loses 
to Luke Humphrey, 7-5, in a match where I think he threw 10 180s. James Wade threw 10 180s. This is the man who famously made a World Championship quarterfinalist or semi-final by not hitting a single maximum in the entire tournament, threw 10 in one game, and lost 7-5 to Luke Humphreys, despite averaging 109. Yeah, something's just something's just clicking, isn't it, for him? Um, and, and it needed to. He's up on the Pro Tours the last couple of weeks as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he's looked all he's looked all right, but but he did, he needed to because he hasn't looked all right for some time, has he? Like he's looked wobbly and he's looked like he could be got at for for a while now. Um, you know, James Wade hasn't been wading very very much at all. Um, but it was just yeah, really really sort of classic performance. Really, I mean, there was some big, some really big scores at the weekend, like some really high level. That's Humphreys was ridiculous. Absolutely, like his his third, fourth, and fifth round averages were one hundred and nine, one hundred and nine and a half, and one hundred and five and a half. Like bang, bang, bang. It's just way to defend your title, is it? So yeah, not at all. Um, there are some really, some really, really good stuff. There's a few. Um, Callan Ridge had a nightmare again in that game. Again, he started. He started well. his first game was was fine, um, but then he he got into a got into a Barney with the marker um, in his match against Schindler, and it just seemed to throw his game completely completely chucked him off what what was going on, um, and and it, and it sort of all fell apart. He, he looked he looked all right against Stephen Burton. He didn't look amazing. He looked all right, um, but then it just it just he completely lost his head against Schindler. Um, so yeah, it's a bit concerning. I think the way that he's, um, well, some of the some of the uh, on stage, um, oh, car crashes. To be honest, like, it's not it's not going too well for Callum Ridge at the minute. I don't think. So in conclusion, James Wade is the best player in the world. I completely agree, Dan. Yeah, well said. Phil says the same too. So he played very well the weekend. Really well. He looked brilliant last few pro tours as well. We were just saying like. There were people, the last time we did a pro tour or whatever, that were sitting there going, I'm backing James Wade to win it. I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? He, he has been nowhere near himself. I'm looking at him for next week. Has Definitely. he got a new song? He has. What is it? I can't remember. I've not Elton actually seen John, it. I'm still standing. Yes. Is he really? Yeah. 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 That's going to take a bit of getting used to. It, it actually, it was all right, to be fair. Oh, it's not a bad track, but it's 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 obvious. It's just say I don't cope well with change. Um, right. There's a couple of good questions on the Euro Tour. We'll come on to them in a second. Um, Luke Humphreys, or forget he won the title for a second. Ninety-six, hundred and nine, hundred and nine, hundred and five, and then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 93 in the final. He's on the verge of going berserk, isn't he? Yeah, and, 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 he, and, and he's got that. Like, he does have that game in him. It's just when you know, it's, and it's and it's when he does it in a in in a big end and when he and when he runs riot because like he's got as, as you can see he's, we all know he's got that performance in him, um, but you you do feel this year and like he could be he could be a good shout at the match play, he really could be a good shout if it starts to click and he starts to put some of these um some of these performances together and and average the way he has been, he'll take some beating. I mean, we'll no doubt sit there and go through the match play later on. But actually, the more and more you look at it, the more and more... If we'd had this conversation three months ago, there'd have been a fair few players in that top 16 that you're like, if I make it, I want to draw them. I fancy a crack at them. I'm not seeing them again out of nowhere. They're just putting it together at the right time. James Wade looking so much better. Joe Cullen looking better. Luke Humphreys looking solid. Like, players that were you potentially were giving up opportunities in the last three months are just starting to peak again. It's amazing how to just keep doing it at the right time. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. There's, there's still a few in there. We'll, we'll come on to that when we, we talk about it in a minute, but on Saturday, obviously we've known for a while and we've been teasing it X, Y, and Z. Uh, Michael Smith playing with new equipment boys for the first time in a decade. They look quite nice as well. Oh, fancy a set of them. Wasn't sure how it was going to react. Look, it, it's one of those ones that, as a player, that, yes, I can play with anything, but it's trusting under pressure. But Swift seems to settle quite well with the new ones, boys. Yeah, yeah and you've got to... You've got to assume, haven't you, that it's not um, it, it's not being done on on a whim. You know, it's it's not like you know. You've got to assume he hasn't been handed them last week and a and a, and a week. He's had them. He's had them for a while. But what? Oh, I was chatting to him about this. I can say this now because it's all out in the open. But because he knew he wasn't changing until here, he'd been doing half an hour with the new ones. And then back to the old ones. Next day, half an hour of the new ones. Back to the old ones. So, it has been a, a transition. But still, in the back of your mind, the fact you haven't changed arts in 10 years, it's still a, something that you're thinking about. Potentially. But, I mean, the first two performances certainly suggest otherwise. He looked ridiculously good. Yeah. Yeah, and look, I I wasn't expecting... Look, Shot have made some very fancy-looking darts over the years. We saw the late Carl Andersons were were very aesthetically pleasing. Um, Devin Peterson's the, the same, but I wasn't expecting Smith to come out something like that. Yes, the, the, the range darts will probably look very 
slick and chic, but he was never going to throw with something like that. No, he's got to, he's got to keep. Well, that's it. He can't, he can't change his throw. He can't just you know he's, he's, he needs something that can just slip into his fingers and and come out without him having to change anything about his game because his game's got him to number one in the world. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there will be all manner of colours and shapes and strange variations among the set that, that folk can buy with his face planted on them. Um, but no, I think I think we'll see. I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm always. And I know it's obviously contracts have times on them, and you know when things are up for renewal and things need to be changed. It's you know to a degree, um, it, it's not within his control entirely. I wasn't sure on the timing. Um, it just seemed really, really close to a massive tournament to to switch darts. It's it, it, it's really close to the match play, um, but. You know, I don't know how much control and how much how much you know freedom he had to, to pick as and when the time will be. Um, yeah, but no, good to see them. But back to the Euro Tour. The actual end session was unreal, boys. Absolutely unreal. We saw huge averages, big performances, but you can't help but feel a little bit for Dirk right now. Yes and no, because I, Dirk was absolutely rolling. He, he looked magnificent. His scoring power has been absolutely ridiculous. But his decision-making towards the back end has to be questioned. Is that, though, the wanting it so much that you're when not... When you've got eight... Like, I think it was against Michael Smith, not necessarily against Luke Humphreys, but he had 80 left. And he went outside, outside. Like he went, he tried to go tops, tops, and he's gone outside, and it's let Smith back in the game a little bit. And when you're as Dirk loves double sixteen, right? Absolutely adores double sixteen. Do I back him as much on tops? Probably not. When you're not on one of your fa- when you're not on your favourite double in a situation where you've never been before as well, because I'm pretty sure it was tops that he was missing darts at in the deciding leg against Luke Humphreys as well. It was, yeah. You've just got to just settle and it just seems to be that there's too many distractions too many little things going on around it yeah um but luke himself he's on a roll right now i think the premier league disappointment early on in the year hurt him but i think that's firmly to the back of his mind now and he looks settled again which is a danger for everyone else. It is on Euro tours because he absolutely sweeps them up. I mean, he's already been in four finals this year. That's his fifth and he's picked up a title now. We've still got the back end of the most important part of the year in terms of TV titles to go hunting for. And surely that is the next step for Luke Humphreys. Yeah, you think he's world number six and he hasn't won a TV major. TV title, but then there's no such thing as major stuff. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't exist. They're all televised titles, yeah? Correct. Um, so, with that, it's right, because I've set everything up late, I've got to do it in a roundabout way. With that, the race for the match play was done, gentlemen. 
Lots of people feeling sorry for Dirk. I think that needs to stop immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Packing. He's not like, he didn't win. He didn't play well enough. That's it. Uh, no, Pete, he's still sixth on the order of merit. He is... 11 and a half grand behind. Yeah. Because um, he was defending this title, so... Yeah, so he had he to win. He basically earned nothing. He dropped off and then it went back on. Back on, yeah. Oh, that would have been two years ago. He was defending it on the one-year order of merit. Yeah. But on, on the live order of merit, he's, yeah, Rob's still fifth. Um... So, boys, the match play is set. Let's run you through the 16 seeds. Uh, Michael Smith, Peter Wright, Michael Van Gerwen, Gatherin Price, Rob Cross, Luke Humphreys, Johnny Clayton, Danny Knopper, Nathan Aspinall, Dimitri Vandenberg, Dirk Van Dijvenbode, Dave Chisnell, Joe Cullen, Damon Hetter, Ryan Searle and James Wade are your 16 seeds, boys. Yes. The 16 from the Pro Tour Order of Merit, Josh Rock, Martin Schindler, Ross Smith, Christoph Ratajski, Jose de Salza, Andrew Gilding, Gary Anderson, Stephen Bunting, Gabriel Clemens, Chris Dobie, Raymond Van Barneveld, Daryl Gurney, Mike Decker, Steve Beaton, Brendan Dolan and Kim Hybrex. It's not a bad lineup, is it? No. No, and it's really, there's, there's some absolute bangers potentially like we could see some unbelievable first round games but there are still there are players in there in the on both sides of those 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 draws that can be got at at the moment i agree with you there's definitely without being respectful i know exactly where i want to be when i get drawn out from the proto order of merit i know exactly who i want to take on you want to have a go at Dimitri Vandenberg? Not yet. I want Ryan Searle. Because he changed darts at the weekend. He went to a 34 grand dart. I, I was going to say, what's he, up, what's he up to? About 14 kilos. That's what he's <laughs> he, went up, he went up two grand. Yeah. <laughs> and without trying to pre-plan ahead too far, because obviously there are plenty of players from the Pro Tournament and there is still quality in these players. I want Ryan Sell. I want a last 16 against Peter Wright or a Pro Tour player that's beaten an off-form Peter Wright. And then I want a quarter-final against Johnny Clayton or Dimitri Vandenberg. If they make it that far. And, and Unless Gary Anderson or Josh Rock gets plonked in that. <laughs> yeah, in the mix yeah, there. But right now, you look at the way that those top 16 break down. If you offer me a quarter-final against Clayton or Vandenberg... Yeah, yeah I, I agree. That's the route to get there. Right. So, if you're one of the seeds, which two players would you be happy with from the Pro Tour Order of Merit side of it? Uh, current form, I'd probably take... I'd be happy with any one of the last four, I think. Dedeka, Beaton, Dolan or Hybrex. I think I'd be happy with any one of them. I want no part of Mike Dedeker. Um, My two I'm going after are Brendan Dolan and Jose de Salza. Yeah, Jose is one of the ones that you want. I think we're going to see it. I have it on good authority. Very good authority. 
that we might see uh, a rather spectacular Damon Hector entrance in Blackpool. Last time I spoke to him, is it going to be cricket orientated to do with the Ashes as well? I, I'm not so sure what I, what I can and can't reveal, but I've got it on very good authority that that uh, and 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 what I would say is that recent cricket results probably make that entrance far far more likely <laughs> <laughs> than it would have been had had the cricket results gone the other way. So yeah, I think we might see something um, something quite quite entertaining and impressive from Mr. Hetter. So, and then vice versa, if you're one of the non-seeds, which two seeds would you be happy with? Sadam. Sadam Vandenberg. Yeah. Yeah, you decide to disagree with that. He's defending winner's money for this, isn't he? Or was that last year? No, but Peter's defending winner's money this year. Peter's defending... Peter, Peter Wright, Peter, let's be honest, Peter Wright, or being in... Being in the same quarter of the draw with Peter Wright isn't the end of the world, is it? That that is the more if you know whichever quarter you get drawn into, that is by far the favourable quarter. I think that's the one because Johnny Clayton right now is the standout top player in that quarter. It's Peter Wright, Johnny Clayton, Dimitri Vandenberg, and Ryan Searle. Yeah. Even if you look, look Michael Smith, James Wade, current form for Wade, you don't want any part of Michael Smith, definitely not. Danny Noppert, Nathan Aspinall, no thank you. Uh, Van Gerwen, Hetta, uh, Humphreys, Cullen? That's naughty. Yeah, but, but the bottom one is MVG, Hetta, Humphreys, Van Diamond, Bowler. That is naughty, that. So then it's Gezi, Cross. Right, so the, the, the top four seeds in the top four quarter is Smith, Wade, Noppert, Aspinall. Then... Second quarter is Price, Cullen, Cross, Chisnell. Wright, Searle, Clayton, Vandenberg, MVG, Hetta, Humphreys, Van Dyven, Bowler. You want to be in that Peter Wright quarter of the draw. Yeah, the, the third, as a, as a non-C, that third quarter is the one that you want to fall in. And but and now, let's be honest. You when that... Clayton right now, you are gleefully looking at going... Just don't give me Josh Rock <laughs> or Gary well, Anderson. That's, that's what I was about to say. Is like if we, if we see the draw tomorrow, and into that section of the draw, we see a Gary Anderson or Josh Rock, or even like Ross Smith. I was going to just some someone who has the ability to to just come and and, and put two or three games in, and, you know, and. And, and on a stage, but yeah, a, a Ross Smith, even maybe a Gabe Clemens or or, or, a, or an Andrew Gildin, like you know, Been one there, of them. Done that, got the crowd on his side as well. That that four could be ridiculous to get drawn into it. I'm gonna yeah, throw definitely. I'm gonna throw a name out here in the non seeds, where I think this format just prepping for one game, okay. a night. The crowd will be on his side. Barney. I'm not sold. Uh, I... It's consistent. His B game is a lot better right now. It's can he go and match an A game if one of these top guys goes and produces it against him? He did it at the slam last year. I wasn't convinced until I saw him go toe-to-toe with Gezi over that distance. 
and, and but that's what he's going to have to do, isn't he? Because yeah. like realistically, he's go, he's going to meet someone in relatively good form who's had a very good six months. At, and and you know, barring a, a really strange draw, like he, you know, he, he could get he could get a generous one, but fairly early in this tournament, he's going to meet someone who's going to probably average a ton against him. Um. Uh, yes, um, Harry, I'm going out to Poland Friday on Friday. Look, the, odd, the odds for the match, we'll, we'll do a full match play preview next week, but the early odds for the match play are interesting for me. So you've got the, the two favourites, uh, MVG and Price, 7-2, to 4-1. Four, four they're, they're, they're priced the same. Michael Smith, the third favourite of 5-1. to one. The top three are in a world of their own. Then you've got Josh Rock, fourth favourite. Luke Humphreys at 14s. Wright at 16s. Clayton at 20s. Rob Cross and and Dirk Van Dijvenboda and Chizzy at 20s. You can get Gary Anderson at 25 to 1. Get James Wade at 80s. There is some value once the once we know the draw and where these players sit. There is some value there. I think Josh Rock's odds are very much in that position because of the way he was backed in at the Worlds. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, watch this kid go absolutely flying!" And there's he's still good, that yeah, hesitancy to go and put him back to possibly where he should be given the career he's had so far, because there is still that element that actually he could just spring a tournament win on anybody like that, and they're still Back in defending against that, yeah. In in reality, I I don't. I think in in reality, if you were to look at you know actual real percent, I, I think he'd probably sit slightly the other side between Humphreys and 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 Rock. But I just think the the bookies are frightened of Josh Rock. Like they're just they're they're really frightened to 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 overprice him because there's lots of people who who, who know how good he can be and, and that are happy to have a big old lump on him. Because yeah. it's only a matter of time, isn't it? Like it's only you know you back it you back him to win tournaments for the next couple of years. Sooner or later, you're getting a win. Yeah, completely. Um, whilst we're on the subject of the match play, this came out today um, from MVG boys. What was your what was your initial thoughts? Is this about his braces? Yeah, he's just in. He's still recovering, which says to me he's still in some pain. I had to reread it twice because as soon as I said he, he said he had to wear braces, I assumed he lost some weight and he couldn't keep his trousers up or something. I, <laughs> it, it, I had to work out what had gone on, but um, well, I, I don't know. I, I just he's a bit. He is, but and it's and it's brilliant because he is one of the one of the you know headline main event characters in darts. Um, but I, I do think he's a he's a bit of a grinder, and he's a you know he's he. I just think he's a tough bloke, and I and I don't think it's gonna put him off his game too much. I just don't think it. We you know it's obviously important. It's important to him, and it's going on in his life, and he's had some surgery, and he's recovering. I, I don't think. It's going to affect his game. I just don't think he's a sort of character that would allow it to. Fairs. 
plenty of decent painkillers around, isn't there? Um, so that's that. So yeah, that's the match. We'll go more in detail on that next week. Plenty of people asking um, about Poland. Um, it's not live coverage from ITV. That's all I know. Mm. And I'm not even. And I'm not even sure you're going to get full games. Ned's busy, you see, with the... Uh, Tour de France. Ned's busy with the Latour, yeah. Jackie's in Australia for the Women's World Cup. Yeah, see, that it's the law on, the law on staff. Um, I, think it may just, I think it may just be extended highlights. Yeah, I'm that's what you'll sure, get. I'm not even sure you get full games. BBC TV is them. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the great things about PDC TV is that they can, they've got their own platform that they can now just put it on. Yeah. Is there, I know this is a question, like, and I'm always about five years behind everybody else with technology. Is uh, uh, is there an app, PDC TV? Yeah, yeah, it's a PDC app. So can I put that up? Again, I apologise, this is like, you know, the questions a 12-year-old would ask. Can I put that app on my Fire Stick so I can watch it on my proper telly? No. But you can cast to your TV if you've got mirroring. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to talk about this outside of you. You'll have to coach me. <laughs> I'll FaceTime you. You can set me up. <laughs> we'll be talking down through how to do it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that that is that one. Um, right. What else have we missed? Because we always miss everything. Did you know it was the first time... Barney's hit a quarter final on a Euro tour since 2016. It's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what we haven't I'll tell you we haven't talked about yet. We haven't talked about Luke Littler. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Right. Did he do his GCSEs? I don't know. No, he's, I think he's in his final year of school at the moment. Ah, uh, I need to speak with that kid. Um, however, I try not. Me and Chris Murphy spoke about this in in the interview that we did. That you try not to heap too much pressure on young kids coming through. However, however, it is becoming more and more difficult not to because every time he is asked a question he gives you an answer and more and at, look in group a andy barton's had his number had his number but in the biggest game of the week you rock up and you average nearly 118 as a 16 year old is mind blowing it's bonkers, isn't it? Like it's bonkers, and he's such a lovely. I met him in. Um, I met. I tell you what, I met him in the Winter Gardens last year at, at the match play um, with Lee Boyce. Me and Lee had a, a chat with him, and he's he's, an, he's such a nice kid. But like, he's he's darts, he's ruthless, isn't it? Like just relentless ability, um, and it's and the age that he's at, you do just think, well, like. You give him another two years of playing not just regular competitions, but also playing in pressure situations. Because, like, 
whilst the pressure keep and it is the pressure is starting to come on him more because he's been you know he's he's written about more and he's more on social media and 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 we talk about him more and we write articles and stick them on the website about him and, and he, he's becoming more of a name and and with that comes more pressure but the the idea of or, or what could come or what he could achieve potentially before he's in his 20s is genuinely mind-blowing because he's incredibly talented. He's generally on course to be a world champion this year. If he's back if he's back at the WDF, that's before Q school this year. That's before any of that's even set. You think how many men's opens he was winning in the last few years under the BDO and WDF banner at 14 and 15, and he's continuing to do it. And like Phil said, every time you ask the question of him, he responds, but he does it with such a maturity on his shoulders. He's just brilliant. Like, even to have the presence of mind to be comfortable enough to go, do you know what? Friday night, I think it was. Thursday, it was four from four Thursday. He said, tomorrow night, if I get qualified nice and early, I'm going to try and have a bit of fun up there. And he was going for things like 110, ball, 10, ball, and missing the second dart a bullseye. And you're like, there is a... and that was in his final game, and it cost him the eight from eight perfect. You're like, oh, has that affected him going into Saturday night? Has it, heck? Like, just to have that, he was, he was tinker of equipment. Like, he's such a thinker about the game, but he's just so natural with it as well. It, it's ridiculously good. Watching him as well, one thing that he was practicing in Group A once the title had gone, he can stack them as well. He hit a 180 stacking. Yeah, so um, I referee a lot for Henry Coates uh, through Derbyshire, and there was a point when literally all of the boys on the JDC had an obsession with trying to stack them or get them going in as flat as possible instead of throwing in at a natural angle. Now, I think they've all gone back to the other natural angle. Henry's definitely reverted to getting them to stick in and using that barrel a lot more because he found he was switching around a lot more and chasing trebles. But I think basically that JDC England A team from the last couple of years have all experimented with angle of entry to the board already. They're 15 and 16 years old and they've already gone, do you know what, we'll do that. We'll get it out of the way. And if it's better for us, we'll stick with it. But it wasn't. But they can use it in certain situations. Like Luke's using it, going for tops, tops, knowing that if he's low, it's a perfect to stack on top of it and go again. Like just the presence of mind, the way they're thinking about the game at that age, just getting all these processes done is is just staggering. And he, oh, yeah. he's going to walk in. Like, let's be honest. It, it Unless something... Unless something really bizarre happens, he's gonna he's gonna get a tour card this like the, at the end uh, in January. He, unless something really strange happens, he'll have a tour card in January because it's Currently difficult. Four grand to see. clear of third place, which is Bradley Brooks. Jared yeah, but, but, that as well. but but on top of that, it, it means that they're all gonna have to beat him. To get that four grand back, like it, you know, it, it, it's it's highly unlikely that he doesn't be handed a two card at the end of the year, and then like you know, you just and I just sort of think off away from the big stage, away from the big tournaments, you just put him next year, event after event after event in Barnsley and Bolton and Wigan, and like he's going to do serious damage on them Pro Tour events, them floor events. He'll do massive damage next year. If you take all the big tournaments aside, take Telly away, like he'll absolutely tear up that 
that pro um, that pro tour. Because there is still that element, like some players will just not know how to approach playing somebody so young as Luke. Even as a tour card owner, he will just be 17 when the Pro Tour rolls around. You think he was only just able to qualify for the UK Open. He won a qualifier the day after his birthday or the day of his birthday that he was eligible to go and play in it. He's, he's also going to benefit from, in, in, my, like, in my opinion, he's going to, regardless of who he plays, unless he's playing, you know, Getty Price in Cardiff, when he goes into an event with a crowd on the telly, like, it's going to be, like, Fallon Sheriff on the, the first crowd. couple of years. They have to because, be. Because everybody in the crowd is going to is going to be rooting for this 16, 17-year-old kid to beat anyone. doesn't matter who yeah. it is. doesn't matter. It's, it's like when Fallon goes, you know, it's like Fallon goes to the Palace. It doesn't matter who she's against. The crowd just wants that underdog, that, you know, that, 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 the female player, the kid that's still at school, whatever it is. So he's going to, he's going to have the, Crowd behind him, he's gonna. It's it's gonna be. It's it's a very very exciting, very exciting time. Well, yeah, because traditionally those players shouldn't win games because of their characteristic, whether they be their gender or their age or whatever. That just doesn't happen at this level of sport. But it's happening more and more and more. And there is that worry that you hype kids up way too much. You look at kids that have been hyped up in the past. You look at former. World Youth Champions, James Hubbard isn't playing anymore. Justin Van Tegel seems to have slipped back an awful lot. He was the next big thing to come out of the Netherlands. You still see a lot of the players on the Dev Tour now, but three, four, five years ago, like, oh my God, this guy's going to do it. Oh my God, this guy's going to do it. The mentality on Luke and the fact that he's been there and done it in other events constantly as well. Like, he's played in three series of the Super Series now. He's made it to finals night in every single one of them. Yeah. Uh, Champions Week in every single one of them, sorry. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's just mind-blowing what he can do. Um, we are, I, I genuinely believe we are looking at a generational talent. He's possibly a couple of weeks away from another 20 grand prize. That means from the Super Series in prize money alone, he'll have earned 50 grand in just under, just under half a year. <laughs> 16 years old. <laughs> I hope he's got a good accountant. <laughs> but that, that's, without, that's without the appearance fees or anything else that he's doing. He's, what, uh, 10 grand on the development tour so far this year. He's playing in ADC events. He's still playing in JDC. He's still young enough to go and mop up the JDC advanced tour. That is something, though. I know you said, like, and, and, and I'm not going to draw on it, but like you, you said there, Phil, like that, that is, um, like, you know, and we do, I, I hope he's got a good accountant. But I genuinely think that it's something that organisations like the PDC and and like and and we because we know there's there's there is a there's a little bit of of the feast and the famine on tour. You know that there are there are players towards that that bottom end that that let's be honest their earnings aren't sustaining a, a, any sort of lifestyle, and and there's players at the top end. But but some of these people, you know, if you look if you like if you look at the likes of like likes of Josh Rock. Um, who, let's be honest, has earned serious money, like serious money in a, in a short period of time at a very young age. And I don't know, there, there might be systems in place whereby, you know, there's, these people are, are, are introduced to wealth management consultants and, and they're kept right on their tax and out and not, you know, 
clart around with ridiculous investments and lose it all and, and ask about I know I know in other sports, you know, football, rugby, various other places, like the there's a lot of support for young players that all of a sudden have lots of money coming in. I don't know if that exists in darts, but if it doesn't, it, it should for the likes of Luke Littler and Josh Rock and you know, people that have all of a sudden got a, a shitload of cash and, and, and might not know the, the best way to deal with it. Yeah, completely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, look, look, I look and, I, and I agree with Johnny. Let's see where he's in five years. A lot can change. I completely agree. But I just think... He I had hair five years he ago. Best, he, had, he is the best equipped at this age to go on and be a world champion since Michael Van Gogh. Yeah. Five years More ago, so, this, conversation, this, this conversation would have been about Leighton Bennett and Justin Van Tegel and what they can go and do. Van Tegel, the next big team to come out of the Netherlands. Leighton Bennett, three years ago, was doing exhibitions of Phil Taylor in the Tower of London, for Christ's sake. So who, who if, you had to, if you had to pick one future world champion, who's more likely to win it, Josh Rock or Luke Littler? I'm going Where's Luke. You? Where's your 50 pence going? Luke. I'm going Luke. Despite the fact Josh has had that 18 months on tour and has a ridiculous ceiling, I just think Luke just has that much more... It, it feels like Luke has a lot more darts experience than Josh already because he's been doing JDC, because he's had more years on the development tour, because he's had been there and done that in WDF events and has played in a world championship at that level already. And you just expect more to come from him as well. Whereas Rock, until he went to Q school, wasn't that well known, to be quite honest with you. It's not as if he'd been around and, and smashed up the dev tour for a couple of years and done that or been to WDF events and put himself in world championship finals. Luke has done a darting apprenticeship that takes a lot of people until they're 30 to do. Good points, well made. Yeah. Look, if it, look, darts is in a fabulous place. We, we're talking about Rock and, and Littler. We have we've had Gene Van Veen on today. You look at the the talent coming through, and look, the next one I'm going to say look, it, it, it's, it's going to be Marmite. However, I didn't know if he could come back, but you look at the numbers Wesson Nyman's posted since his return as well. See what? He's playing that. He's playing that kid, properly playing at the minute. Looking That's something you, very you look, good. You look at the youngsters coming through. It is in a very good place. Um, yeah, it's exciting. It really is. Yeah. Um, right. Anyway, back to. Uh, John wants a conversation, Dan. How are we doing, John? Hope you are good, mate. <laughs> yeah, you, do you have a contact with our friend, Mr. Jarlath Eaton, or something similar? Do I have contact with him? For your fire stick? Uh, no, no. Uh, well, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, yes and no. I sort of dabble a little bit, but I have a bit of a rule that I only use it for certain things. Okay, this is available on my... My Sky bill is £150 a month, put it that way. I'm still paying for everything. Right off. Um, it, it's on some sort of fire stick service that you may or may not have. 
under yeah. UK sports I'll, um, TV TV or by a player if they're showing it as well. I'll look into the matter and John, I'll, I'll fire you a message on Twitter if I figure out how to get on the telly. <laughs> yeah, it, it's an option on a lot of services, shall we say. Not that I'd know about. No. Right, before we open up question time, have we missed anything, boys? I don't think so. Everything I had on my list, Luke Little was the last thing on my list of uh, bits and pieces to, to chat about. I think I've got through everything. Other than the fact that if anybody, if anybody in the uh, in the chat room has a has a standing ticket for the Wednesday night of the match play, like any any ticket at all that even just has me stood at the back, please drop me a message on Twitter and I will more than happily exchange money for that ticket. Here comes the money because I'm struggling for the Wednesday night and. Mace is in trilogy on the Wednesday night, so I don't want to miss it. <laughs> me, boy, me, me, Boise and Mace in trilogy. Like, and in fact, if you've got a ticket for the Wednesday night of the match play, like, and if you've got a spare, get in touch with me because you probably won't have to buy a drink in trilogy that night. Because uh, I'll be paying for them. Um. You're late to the party, Johnny. We did that right at the start. Yeah, we've we, we, we've done that, mate. But yeah, none of us got it. Um, Agent Tour weekend. I'm not going to lie. I didn't see any of it. Wasn't there a first time Malaysian winner? I yeah, believe not, not so. Not. I'm afraid. I I I didn't see very much this this weekend. I was I was lucky enough to take my two eldest kids to WWE live on Friday night. So I missed most things that went on anywhere this weekend. I was busy. It with wasn't for the fact your son is the politest kid I've ever met. You were about to be insulted. <laughs> hey, well, I, I think I sent you all the picture of him in his Rey Mysterio mask. We were, we were, we were up to three days with that on. I had to practically cut it off for school this morning. <laughs> Poor kid. Uh, Asian tour. We have wins for... <laughs> yeah, no, uh, not pan outs in that one. Asia <laughs> won two of three in Singapore. They did. Uh, Nasir Bin Mod Yantan beat Asia Paolo Nebreda in Asian Tour 16. Paul Lim making a semi final. Oh, uh, Lock Yin Lee quarter final. Any other standout names in there? Christian Perez last 16. Royden Lam last 16, Manlock Lung last 16, Lawrence Lagan last 16. Uh, then we move to event number 17. Uh, Tomoyo Goto from Japan beat Alexis Toilo in the final. Um, Nabreda semi uh, quarterfinal once again. Uh, Nitin Kumar last 16 in that one. Paul Lin there as well. Haruki Muramatsu last 16. Uh, and then on the final day, uh, Mod Nasir Bin Yantan won again. Uh, beating Palo Nebreda in the final again. Um, Perez quarterfinal. That looks very similar. Muramatsu quarterfinal. Ilagan last 16. Losing to Christian Perez. Yes. Um, how we doing, Joe? How we doing? Um, right. 
lost his hair and got really handsome. Yes, right. So a couple of ones. Um, right. Not that. Right. The Polish Masters draw. I genuinely haven't got a clue. I expect it Thursday, the latest. Yeah. The the, the World Series events. They no, just... no, it starts Friday. Yeah, but the last lot they didn't drop until late. You look at New York. Didn't we didn't get the draw till the Thursday for New York? Yes, some players in there that can do a bit in there. I think it'd be an interesting tournament, that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, right, let's go back through some of the questions. None starred, which is good. This one's coming up quite a lot. First tour card holder not to be picked. Surprised or not? No. No, because at the minute, like, so... We know who he is. We all know who he is. But a lot of people, you know, the casual viewers of darts, you know, that that are following what's going on at the minute, like he's a bloke that doesn't turn up to tournaments. Like, and we know there's reasons why, and he hasn't got a visa and everything else. But he's 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 not. And I know this sounds a bit harsh. He's not remotely relevant at the minute in any way. And and that's what these tournaments are are, are focused on. You know, that we. We we select the players who are the most relevant, um, and he just isn't at the minute at all in any way because he's not playing darts where anyone can see him. Yeah, it's interesting. I still thought they may have put him in. Did you? Did you really? Did you think he'd be? Yeah. Just because they've never left Talk Hard Hard was out before. But he, he, yeah, look, he is entertainment and he is a bit of a ticket seller, I guess, still, because there is that mystery around Corey Cadby. But, but, but when you say ticket seller, do you not think it'll be sold out? I'm just using their lines against him, Dan. He's, he's no, but, that, but, that, but that's what I mean. Like, Premier League's sold out, isn't it? But there's still ticket sellers in the lineup. Yeah, and, and, but, this, and but that's the point in that I just think, well, there's no. What, what is the. Like what? What case is there to add him? There's no commercial case to it. He's not going to bring any extra revenue. He's not going to sell any more tickets because you're going to sell them all already. You know, people. You know, Hendy. You know, he's got more eyes on him. Well, more eyes on him than who? More eyes on him than a player in the top eight? I wouldn't have so. Um, has he just sent you the same thing he sent me? Yeah, I can't repeat that. Oh. Take you off to the showdown. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, Not bad. So, yeah, the, the, that one there. Um, oh, this is going to split opinions. What's the bigger tournament, the Grand Slam or the Grand Prix? Grand Prix. Grand Prix. I prefer the Grand Slam, I think. No, it's, uh, the question wasn't preference. The question wasn't which do you enjoy more. In it, in its old format, when it was PDC against BDO, fine. The Grand Prix is the point, bigger tournament. It's more important. Yeah. It's, more, it's, more, it's a bigger achievement to win. 
Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's more important because the prize money is probably the same. So in terms of ranking points, it's probably not more important to to a career and a legacy. I think. Um. Right. What other questions? Yeah. It's fine. It's fine to enjoy the slam more, but you can just you can enjoy whatever you want. Yeah, you're wrong if you enjoy the slam more. Probably want your hard drive check in, but <laughs> um, they are looking at venues in Ireland at the moment. When we spoke to Matt at Premier League finals night, his words were, "We have a list, and we are looking." Checking it twice. Gonna <laughs> find out who's naughty or nice. Those people that like the Grand Slam more naughty. <laughs> <laughs> A um, lump of coal to those people. Certainly on one list. Yeah, so they they are looking. I don't think it's going to be at the City West because that's still being used for um, Ukrainian refugees. But they are looking at venues in there, which is good. Um. Oh, this is this is hotly debated. Well, Jar, Jar's in. Jar, what's the triple crown? <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's a. It's a... <laughs> no, but this will just Jar will be typing now. <laughs> it's a figment of your imagination. You 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 are wrong. It is the well. I'm never wrong, Philip. <laughs> was he about to say something absurd there? Was he going to say that... He was that about exhibition... to be through the Premier League, yeah. Was, he's he going to that, was he going to put that exhibition in, in the... Um, Travelling circus. I think you'll find that uh, Mr. Gerwin Price and Michael Van Gerwen both called the Premier League the biggest tournament outside the World Championships. Slags. Do anything for the money. <laughs> Oh, to be fair, I have got up, right. We're going to play. I loaded it up and I forgot about it. We are going to play the clip from Matthew Edgar that he's messaged me on saying, You've done a great job on that title with a laughing face. We'll play the clip and then we'll discuss. If I was to work with Adrian Lewis personally, I would resign the tour card at the end of the year and I'd start again from fresh. Adrian Lewis isn't going to someone who struggle through cube school. He's going to get through it quite comfortably. I would, in Adrian Lewis' position, want to start from zero, start again, not defend, because when you defend, you look backwards. He needs to look forwards right now. And I think there's a lot more forwards for Adrian Lewis. But the problem is when you've been a two-time world champion, you're always going to look back. You're going to look back to the glory days. Why can't I do that? The problem is that's safe. When he won those world championships, it was safe. Because he can stand here now and tell you anything you want about being the world champion. But if you was to stop that match in that World Championship and say, Adrian, how do you feel right now? I guarantee he wouldn't have been as confident as he will tell you that he felt now, because it's safe. So when we look back, we look at that safety. And again, when we look at the rankings, the money's already on the board, it's safe. I think he needs a complete sort of overhaul. And yeah, it's, it's the sort of player I'd love to work with, because I think we could get him winning again. See, I think that what Matt had to say there was informed and educated and, and, and pretty wise. 
And I and I I do think that you've done him right up a kipper just with a headline of Adrian Lewis should resign his cards. <laughs> but it, it makes complete sense. It's very very difficult to argue with, isn't it? No, no, no. Do you know what Matt's just done? Matt's just buzzballed, right? Matt has just said what we're saying. Like you know, in England, declare on day one of a test. Eight down and Joe Root still swinging back. Going, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a bowling for twenty minutes here. And like for the last ten years, we've been in group chats going, "Oh, you'd fancy a bowling for twenty minutes tonight rather than adding thirty runs going again tomorrow morning, sort of thing." Match just gone, buzzball. Let's go completely out there. Start. As good as Adrian Lewis is, yes, he should make it through Q School. You absolutely one hundred percent cannot just make that assumption that he will. And to hand back the tour card to just try and start again is basball. That's what that is. I like I like the idea that towards the end off, of that towards the end of that interview. Fucked. There was a I, I love it when Matt like towards the end when Matt said, like he's a player I'd love to work with. As if Adrian would be watching it thinking, nah, this is what I'm missing. <laughs> like Get on that straight on the phone. This is what this is what's missing is the guidance of of, of my. I, I I think it's a tough it's a tough one to argue against. There is absolutely sound logic behind the idea, but yeah. it's just not a guarantee that he gets through Q score. And at that point, for a player whose career has been on the downturn, a year off the pro tour could be even more damaging for him than it is staying on here and just defending. It's going to take some bottle, being away from the environment right. could do a lot more could do a lot more damage to the drive of Adrian Lewis than being around there and just going through the motions knowing it's there if he wants it. It's going to take. Can you imagine the bottle when you turn up to Q School and you and you turn up and and that and and it, oh, Adrian Lewis, that's who you're playing. Oh, brilliant! It's a big. I, I know he's going to go in with a target on his back like Barney did, but that, it's that's it's a similar situation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In terms of how they'd come through Q school, only Adrian wouldn't be able to go through the arguably easier route that Barney did in uh, in Europe. Arguably, top end. There's difference, isn't there? I think there's more depth in UK in terms of the yeah. base average is better, so you've yeah. got more chance of being taken out by a complete unknown. But the top end, there's possibly an argument now to say that the talent in the top 16, top 32 players there, you expect to be better than they are in the yeah I, I think you can clock up more points earlier in Europe yeah um but it it, it, it was in large I'm really really well on that and he he messaged me it was like yeah good job with the title <laughs> I thought it was this I thought it was dead good like brilliant hey he, get him the thing is he gets the game he, he clever lad he like he's a proper he's a he's a clever he's a clever bloke and he understands more than just Throwing darts at a board, like he 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 understands a lot more about the sport of darts than just hoying them at the wall. Um, right. I like this one. We've spoken about this a lot in our chat or chats. I'm gonna throw it open to the chat room as well. No, wrong one. It moved. I hate it when it moves. Let's copy a wrestling question. Who is your Mount Rushmore of darts? I'm off. Four. Um, Why? You've got a. Who would your Mount? Who would your Mount Rushmore be? That's American. That's even worse. Hello, my friends across the pond. 
How many of you? <laughs> see, I, I think this is a really good question. I really do. And chat room, get involved. So I'm interested to see who yours would be. Um. Which four are you having? It's... I mean, it's a bloody hard question, isn't it? Oh, ridiculous I mean, question. You can't... I think three of them pick themselves and then the fourth is is down to personal preference, perhaps generational preference, depending on how old you are. But for, for me... Taylor Van Gerwen and Bristol are are bankers. Like they've they they're they're there. And then it's one from four or five, in my opinion. I'm gonna throw something into the mix. One of mine is potentially not a player. You're not putting Barry there. Arguably. Because without Barry, the darts we have today isn't there. Because the PDC was on its arse. It was about to go bust. Yeah, but you said this was a wrestling question and you wouldn't have Vince McMahon on your, on your Mount Rushmore wrestling, would you? No, but Yeah, but people do. When you listen to people arguing this, people have put Vince McMahon on their, on their Mount Rushmores. Oh... Yeah. With, with, without, Barry's, without Barry's money at the time when he came in, darts as we know it now would not even be a thing because they couldn't even afford to pay the prize money. They were paying about, prize money. Barry's money then. But what about Ollie Croft then? There, there's an argument. I'm well, you going, can't, I'm have, you can't then just only have two players. I'm going four players. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm quite pleased in that the, the chat room seems to have gone with with my three bankers. But then it's the, the fourth one's hard because do you go Dozer or Dobby? That's the difficulty, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Who makes the best karma? <laughs> I'm not saying I, I put him, but there's an argument to put him in there. I only have two of Dan's three. What? You're, going, you're going Taylor and Bristol, uh, I reckon. Yeah. You haven't got MVG there? Well, no, because there's no Obama on there right now, is there? He, he's the modern. I'm going forged what it is. Ooh, effectively. Well, and that's why I said it, Because there's so many it. to decide from, from your likes of Priestley and Bob and John Lowe, etc. I've, I've gone for a character that I think changed the game a little bit. It's not Jim Boyne, is it? No. Bobby George. He added the razzmatazz, the walk-ons, the fancy, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. He yeah. made that part of it. Or he was certainly a big case for that part of it. I know John Lowe was completely against that. But if you look at what darts is today, if Bobby George doesn't step out and, and do that yeah. sort of thing, then I'm not sure we get to where we are now with all the shirts and the crowd and the fancy dress and all that sort of stuff. And the other one... Has to be Trina Gulliver, ten-time women's world champion. I can't argue against that one. 
I, I think she paved the way for what is there. Look, she. I think it's three from four, and yeah. and I'm happy for that to be your fourth. I, I'm. Yeah. If you ask me this question in 20 years' time, Van Gerwen will no doubt be on there because he changed the way that you enjoy it and, and that sort of thing. And he dominated in an era that it was possibly as difficult as ever to do. But if you want a Mount Rushmore of who got us to where we are right now, you think Bobby went against the curve as well. He, he didn't really turn pro. He went and played money matches for a career. He did something different. It's a really interesting question. I love it. <laughs> What's yours then, Phil? Taylor. Bristow. MVG. Right, Dorby or Dozer. And I'm really torn on the fourth one. That's the. I think that's where the difficulty comes in. It, it, it's... You, you, the, the, I think those three pick themselves, and then you've got one from four, five. He's trying to sneak Gando on there. That's what he's doing. Well, it, he's, 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 he's he's made. there is a case to be made for 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 Gando to be there. Like he could, but but also there's for me there's just two or three other names that could be there as well. Try Trina being one of them. There's you know, there's there's, there, there's a few other names that we, ideally you need about eight spots on it, don't you? We need yeah. a slightly bigger mountain for the darts one. Look, I love it. I love the chat around it. <laughs> yeah, I was tempted to do that just to knock Jar off, to be fair. He's going to Blackpool. Number four. He's in Blackpool and he's on and he's on Mount Rushmore in spot number four. <laughs> Let's put him between Taylor and Bristol. <laughs> too far, Daniel. Too far. <laughs> oh, I love Johnny. I love starting arguments. Yeah, it's great. I'm not sure it's an argument. I, 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 I think it's a really good talking point. Yeah, it's a fun. It's like it's it's like a, um. So I do I do think we I, um. I'll no, I'll speak to you about it afterwards. I'm not going to say it out loud. It's short now. Oh, good. Right. Have we missed anything else before we sign off? Yeah. And if we have tough, you could get it next week. Thanks for watching. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, remember, Pro Tour is back Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> um, um, yeah, Pro Tour is back. Last chance for the players to prep for Blackpool. Now they're there, this is the chance to get it right. Where is this Pro Tour? Wigan. Imagine if it's further south and I make him drive even further. Miserable so-and-so. Um, Got to be, in it? Wigan, Wigan would make sense. When does the PDC logistically ever make sense? 
No, it's in Leicester. <laughs> the furthest south of their venues. Yeah, good decision. Um, but yeah, Pro Tour is back. Then all eyes are on the match play. Um, yeah, we are going to do a Pro Tour stream jar. And then we will go straight into the live lounge because we've got the world match play to preview um, and everything like that. But I'm not going to spoil it, but fingers crossed we've got a blockbuster guest for next week. I'm not on it, Boise. Oh. What's that? Is he back next week? I said I'm not on it, Boise. He might not be. I can't remember which week. He's missing one more this month. Oh, I might be back then. Yeah. (laughs) There's your blockbuster guest. Yeah, a potential blockbuster guest. Um, We'll have two guests because we've got one of our friends, uh, Mark, he's coming on from Betfred as well to to preview the match play with us as well. Um, But plenty coming up. If you haven't yet, make sure you drop us a like and subscribe. All our social platforms are there. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, here on YouTube and TikTok. Well, we've just hit 10K on TikTok, boys. Don't ask me how, because I haven't got a freaking clue what we're doing, but we've hit 10K. I haven't got TikTok. Oh, I have no I'm idea. Morris. <laughs> I, leave that, I, I leave that to my 14-year-old daughter. Get her to follow us then. I will. I'll tell her. I'll tell her to yeah, every subscriber helps. Um, but thank you very much, everyone. Um, Matt Edgar interview is live on our YouTube channel now, and we've got another four to go out this week. Uh, Gerwin Price, Johnny Clayton, Joe Cullen, and Hendo talking about his senior's debut, which will be good. But first of all, thank you very, very much, everyone indeed. Bill Bars, Jack Garwood, Lee Boyce. We have been the online darts live round. And we'll see you all very, very soon. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You just said Lee Boyce has done you, Pillock. Oh, sorry. And that's it. Bye, everyone. Bye. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm, Giles just messaged me something rude. But I was reading it at the same time. Yeah, um, just he just me the video. Goodbye, everyone. Ta-ra. We just fucked yeah. it up. It's all good. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.